I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of With your host, Keith Marnie. Stonehenge, Mike and Diglio. <laughs> Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. It's at this exact moment I realized I had the wrong file open. Living out of boxes, loving every minute. Out of practice. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly video and audio podcast going over David e. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This will not be an award-winning episode of Out of Practice already. How's it going, Dex? Going pretty well. Uh, looking at the analytics this week, Keith, the, there's good news and bad news. The good news is yeah. that pe- people are listening to our show. The they ba- are. The bad news, well, I guess it's not bad. The, I guess, counterpoint to that is that they are very, very far behind. The, the crest of our listeners is weeks and weeks behind. So as we're doing our best to give an up-to-date live right. stream of our lives, of the world we're living in, it will all be very old by the time most people listen to it but that's okay our our dedicated our dedicated listeners are caught up so yes that's yes indeed it, but I, I think it's pretty much true of all things i mean if you're if you're trying to experience the apocalypse through our experience of it you have to sort of keep up because uh you know as the world burns we're uh we're here talking about it and you're going to be behind but that's okay that is okay. Yeah, so we are recording a little early this week because we are trying to bank a couple of episodes because we're both moving. You're I moving know. in about two weeks, and mm-hmm. then I'm hopefully ooh, moving in mid-November. So Now, unless you get a phone call during this exact podcast screwing you again. <laughs> oh, my God. Can that you was give a little worst. insight to our listeners as to what happened? They didn't hear. There was no cuts in the episode last week, so... Uh, they don't know exactly what happened, but maybe you could fill them in just briefly. Yeah, no, sure. I mean, uh, my wife and I are we're buying a house and we're moving out to New Jersey. Looks like we're going to be out into the beautiful town of Rahway, New mm. Jersey, which uh, makes everyone scared because it was a, it was it was a little rough about 20 years ago. But it's really lovely now. It's 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 coming up, which is why we can afford it, because people still think it's a rough neighborhood. Before I forget the joke, though, what do you yeah. and Jillian and Henry Winkler from the practice have in common? We have jumped the shark. Nope. Uh, <laughs> you guys are moving to and Henry Winkler in prison both did it the raw way. You know, he, he was in Federal Palmy in the Ass Prison, and you're going to Rahway, New Jersey. I mean, it's loose. I'm, I'm workshopping it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so many things just happened. <laughs> One, 
whatever that was just happened. Jillian, who can hear me in the other room, is yelling at me for giving away a specific town. <laughs> That's true. So they're gonna the stalkers will find you. Oh uh, man, I have I I have so many problems already at the beginning of the episode. It just started. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, but what happened last week is we were in uh, in contract, or we weren't quite in contract. We were in review with the house, and uh, of course. In that three day like period while the lawyers are negotiating the contract, they can accept other offers. And so somebody came in with an offer, another 5G above what we were paying. And they're like, hey, do you want to spend it? And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting more text messages. Stop listening. <laughs> yeah. Why start now, Jillian? Wow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> in the rough area, let me, let me, I'm going to retract an amount of money in a location changed. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the things that happened. So Something your hard earned, your, your hard earned podcast donations are going to a good cause. And it's Keith and Jill getting out of the rough, rough neighborhood of Astoria, Queens. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no. So we, it was a, uh, it was an expensive podcast. Uh, last week, but we did get out of review. We are now officially under contract. We do uh, inspection apocalypse next week, which will be very uh, exciting and informative. As we have, we'll have three different inspectors there at the same time. Um, so I, this house is going to get a checkup no matter what. So Henry Winkler would enjoy it. Wow. Okay. So, uh, and you guys are moving in two weeks. Yeah, we, like I said, we checked out the place. It's ready for us. We are boxing stuff up. The movers are, it's all happening. It's just a matter of, And what's the address at your new place? So that's 83, just kidding. And actually it is 83 (laughs) something, but uh, I I learned from your wife. Yeah, I've learned from your wife. We got to stay out of that. Look, my cat is literally cleansing her buttocks as we do this podcast. I think she's just out of frame, thankfully. Uh, no, we can, we can see the leg sort of sticking up. Yeah. <laughs> that like like we we know what's happening right down here. <laughs> so should we? Wow. Let's do this. Let's do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. Okay, and let us begin with filings and subpoenas. Filings oh. and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Filings and subpoenas. Oh. Okay, well, we've got lots of conversations online. Let's start with Maxwell's Demon 9, who wrote uh, this week, I'm really enjoying the thoughtful season wrap-ups. We are now just an episode away from our uh, season oopsies. On an unrelated note, before I was listening to the season three finale podcast, I skipped to the end because I was dying, losing my head to <laughs> losing my head to know how Mike would react to the Vogelman reveal. He didn't disappoint, delivering a Vogelman plot twist freak out for the ages. It was great. Uh, one of the few times in my life I did not disappoint. That's true. That's true. Uh, but I uh, honestly like it is one of my favorite parts of the show to listen to your reaction to the plot twists uh, because you are a very good reactor. So uh, now we need to go into uh, uh, the continuation of the endless saga 
about whether or not I should be put down or not if I can't wipe myself. And uh, so Phoenix Wait, the back wrote, and forth. Uh, we should say uh, moderator Phoenix. I believe he's received moderator promotion. official moderator Phoenix uh, wrote that my comment that Mike was drunkenly trying to remember was that if Keith ever breaks both his arms, a bidet in a high fiber diet would keep him from being euthanized. That's true. I, of course, am sticking to my pledge. But then uh, it continues to say, uh, do you realize that by putting that out there, you're making it possible for someone to effectively murder me? for the low, low cost of an assault charge. So essentially, all you would have to do is break my arms, and then that would essentially be murdering me. That's a that's a very important, uh, yeah, that's a very important it's a very point. Very good point. Yeah, so, uh, and he, he also says, on the other hand, Keith knows that he'd be facing a fate worse than death. Oh, he, uh, he yes, he was saying that, uh, You said, clearly by someone you mean me, and I'm good with it. But get me Eugene, he best. Uh, but of course, he points out, it can't be you, because if you break both of his arms, there will be no one around to euthanize Keith during your stint in prison. Mm. Very good point. But he says, on the other hand, Keith knows that he'll be facing a fate worse than death if you ever get locked up. So he'll have to convince everyone that it was his own fault. That's checkmate right there. Every day from here on, when you... Wake up, you'll decide whether today is the day that you finally kill Keith. And now he knows there's nothing anyone can do about it. I think the first thing to do with all that power is obvious. Make him start the Quantum Leap podcast. All roads lead to Quantum Leap for Phoenix. I mean, yeah, everything he said, I'm I'm on board with it. Yeah. So he's, it, we definitely have a pretty significantly complicated murder for podcast plot. Which I think is is good. And as I said, you know, I, I can still be the prime suspect even from prison because, like I said, we have associates and we need a, a, a special guest actor. Uh, he also said last week in reference to something uh, you had mentioned, I believe it was Phoenix, uh, you had mentioned, you know, the the screenplay for our season our series finale of this podcast yes. is has been yes. written and you you shouted out that we might need some it wasn't it's going to be an all hands on deck situation right to, right to cast it and phoenix first person said he's got a green screen he's got acting training and he is ready to go it's great no i'm i i am excited i absolutely will use you when we so get when skype, we get that buddy we use skype for the ndi so yeah so uh for all of our future performers in the finale of the out of practice podcast make sure you've got your skype uh yeah, put and, your reels uh, together we're gonna really want to see something before we just hand out parts <laughs> yeah we'll need an up tempo maybe a little tap yeah it will be fine okay well this is where we would be reading uh the reviews from a new jury member if by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or another service of your choice, just let us know. But we have no jury members, so we must then move on, hop in the time machine, back to the year 2000, in specifically October 15th, the year 2000. Mm. And it is time to ask the eternal question, Mike, just what were you doing? This day in the basement. Keith, I was in uh, a, a drunken stupor, basically, uh, with love. I was doing Pippin. I had a oh, showman. Showman. 
Mm-hmm. And you know what it is all about. You think, oh, this I'm, I'm, I'm 20 years old. Well, I'm almost 20. I'm 19. And you're 19. You think it's the best love you've ever felt. We're making out on stage. We're making. She dumped her boyfriend so that we could oh, it's get together. Always, the showman's always oh, yeah. starts it's, with dumping the boyfriend. Oh, and it gets better because we both uh, are Scorpios, so it's like fiery and it's mm-hmm, wonderful. Mm-hmm. And we were both. We decided to do book club, right? So. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. I think I, I we were reading a book. I don't know if you've ever read. I'm sure you have not. Actually, I could almost stake my I, life on it. I, I can't read. Uh, it was a oh, a book Celestine called The Celestine Prophecy, Prophecy which of is course. basically a, a a fiction wrapped inside of a spiritual adventure. And yeah, it, isn't it like uh, the the uh, the other one where Tom Hanks played it in the movie? Uh, the hell great context clues, Keith, but I can't help you out there. Uh, <laughs> I'll look it up. Uh, it, it's basically, there's no such thing as coincidence. So it's about fate and about the spirits oh, guiding you. Okay. And it's real. Uh, and it, there are there's no advertisements for it. It's all past word of mouth. So it gets that sort of grassroots thing. It was, and he's written like 25 sequels. It's you know, at that time of life when you're really idealistic and you really want to believe that you're the hero of the world and, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we were both reading it. Anyway, you know, it was it was a fun time. Uh, and, you know, this is a, a, a an ex-girlfriend who turned out to be a friend in my life. So that's, you know, it's it's fun to tell the tale. Oh, um, that's nice. Yeah, we end the up... The movie being, I was thinking of was The Da Vinci Code. Uh, yeah, I guess it's in that... Yes, it's sort of like that. And it's also sort of like it's, my... What's the what's the spiritual book where the the teacher is a is an ape that speaks telepathically? This is such a good podcast. None of mm. us have any idea what we're talking about. <laughs> Planet of the Apes? It was Planet of the Apes. No, yeah, right. Uh no, I'm sure someone someone in the chat. Oh wait, we don't have a chat. We don't do this live. No, um, we don't no. But some some are out there in the world, guys like, guys, it's X. So. You're gonna hear this story in a few weeks, but uh we end up Quick spoiler alert, her and I end up watching the returns for the presidential election this year and going to bed thinking, oh, it's all good. And we wake up into a universe we didn't expect. So that's Uh, that's my this day in the basement. Pippin is is just about to open, I think. And, uh, you know, I'm young, in love, shirtless and hairless. Yeah, well... (laughs) <laughs> One of those is still true. <laughs> what about you, Keith? Right. How's well, it going in Rochester? Well, it's funny you teed it up because I was deep into the final stages of the 2000 election. Of course, I was watching the third presidential debate between George W. Bush and Al Gore. Um, and of course, it was a... Uh, Big, big night for me. Very excited about it. Um, And if you remember, if you were around those days, uh, what those debates were best known for was gore sighing, fuzzy math, and uh, of course, the SNL sketches that came from it. So here's here's a little clip of gore sighing. Well, Gore's exaggerated. Texas, that's what a governor gets to do. Exasperated sighs. There's differences. 
resuscitated <laughs> by SNL. Rome came to life in Gladiator. And anyway, I, I remember, I mean, certainly the, the sketch, if you know, if you have strategy and lockbox, that sketch from, from that era, um, it's separate from this podcast, but if you uh, want to hear a really fascinating behind-the-scenes story in SNL about that sketch specifically, listen to Daryl Hammond's Terry Gross interview from about 10, 15 years ago, where he was dealing with um, some pretty difficult uh, anxiety and mental health issues at that point, and don't we all? But he kind of blacked out five minutes right. before the opening and that was the opening sketch of SNL and he barely he didn't when he woke up right as they the lights were coming up he didn't really know where he was or what he was doing and he lights come up he thinks lockbox in his head because that's his into the impression which I, I totally get because I have ins into the impressions the <laughs> sad bad impressions that I do <laughs> it's like it's one word that sort of gets me there in no um, universe should you or I put put ourselves adjacent even to no. Daryl Hammond? No, oh, oh, in in no in no way other than I got a little puffy around 2010. Okay, that was a uh, <laughs> so we could that's, that's that we both did. Uh, but anyway, it's just I it's one of those like heroic uh, live performance stories where people just pull it out under the most uh, insanely difficult uh, circumstances. So anyway, shout out to Daryl Hammond. Did you listen to that on NPR? Of course I did. Yeah, it's funny because this is how much of an older man I am than you, even though by age you've got me by a few months. I I saw him speak about that on CBS Sunday morning. Uh, Oh, of course, which you still watch. I still do, religiously. Well, to be fair, I still listen to Terry Gross. So Terry Gross, the... Original progenitor, great uh, podcaster interview. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so I was, of course, watching those debates and was very, very invested in the selection. Um, It should surprise none of our listeners that as the uh, soft-shelled liberal of myself, I was, of course, a Gore supporter and had no idea what was about to happen. How much did the Gulf War come up in those debates? Quite a bit, I'd have to imagine. The first Gulf War? Right. In 91, not a lot. I mean, they did. They certainly did talk about uh, foreign policy. And actually, in that debate, you know, there was there's <laughs> Bush actually tried to reach out to moderate uh, countries in the in, in the Middle East. Little did we know what was coming about a year later. Um, but the original Gulf War didn't come up as much because. Um, yeah. It, it was, you know, it was, it was W's father running it. And the that war was actually pretty popular. Pretty popular, right? Yeah. Desert um, Shield and then Desert Storm. Yeah. Desert Storm. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So certainly as of right now, we're recording this in September of 2020. Uh, the election, <laughs> the calamity that is going to be the election is certainly first on our minds as well. May we all have a peaceful transition of power. No guarantees, apparently, for that mm-hmm. anymore. All right. We have talked about this day in the basement. This day in the basement. It is Giraffe. now time for... 
It's time for the Out Press of Practice the Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Well, folks, on October 15th, the year 2000, we were listening to Come On Over, Baby. All I Want Is You, the Christina Aguilera, Aguilera. and this is a uh, pretty awesome one-man acapella cover by Isaac Robert, all by himself. Very impressive. Go, Isaac. Yeah. On the cover of the Oopsie Free Press. Yes. <laughs> if you notice no change in your <laughs> listeners, you've got the Oopsie Bump. <laughs> anyway, the cover of the Burlington Free Press talked about why Vermonters couldn't make big IBM score. Unfortunately, this was when uh, IBM was starting to transition out of Vermont, where it was one of the biggest employers for most of my uh, childhood and high school. I even worked there the IBM plant in Essex for one summer. The top movie was Meet the Parents, which was taking in week two. I'm going to give you the chorus because you're good. You can milk me, fucker. I've got nipples. (laughs) Wait, what did you just say? I said you can milk me, fucker. I've got nipples. Oh, I... It's a see. It's a meet the parents. Mick. Yeah, Pasha. yeah. I, I, I. What it sounded like to me was like I'm a pig fucker who has nipples. Well, you know, they're not mutually exclusive, Keith. No, no, they are not. Uh, and that's a thing that just got said on the internet. <laughs> and Jillian's worried about saying a town name. Jesus. I know Al Gore's not the only one deep sighing in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> CEO Jen just threw her laptop out the window. I know there's Hello. a difference. She's in uh, Jill's in there telling you what not to say. Jen's in mm-hmm. here trying to figure out how she can listen to us talk. She's like, I can't hear Keith well enough. I'm like, why do you love this podcast so much? You should be like every other wife and think I'm wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> well, those things aren't mutually exclusive. You're right. She could enjoy it and think it's a colossal waste of time. You're right. You're absolutely because- right. To be fair, that's also how I feel about it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> to be fair, it's accurate. It is just the truth. Yeah. It is super fun and a colossal waste of time. <laughs> but you colossal. want to know what isn't a colossal waste of time. Ooh. Okay. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Oh, where is it? For sports. Oh, the no, 5 and 2 New York football giants took down the hated Dallas Cowboys 19 to 14 at Giant Stadium behind 108 yards from No Game Dane. The lightning half of Thunder and Lightning, Tiki Barber, also rushed for 73 yards and had two catches. Troy Aikman threw five interceptions in the twilight of his career. The Eagles pulled the 4 and 3 with a 33 to 14 victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Don McNabb threw for 226 yards and a touchdown, rushed for second. I'm writing too much copy. I gotta tell you, football's a little weird right now. Well, football is a lot weird. It's just not the same. It's it's not the same. Also, like, I don't know. If football, the more we know about the sport, it gets, just gets a little dark. Yeah. It's a little dystopian. If you've ever seen the original Rollerball movie with Jimmy Kahn back from the 70s, Football starts feeling like that a little bit. It's, it's a little gross. I mean, I'm I'm still watching. I'm still excited. I'm still a huge fan. But it's a little dark. Though it must be said, uh, 
this might be of interest to some of our listeners. Uh, I'm moving back to Philadelphia, and and we take a lot of shit about our sports fandom. Mm -hmm, Uh, But it is almost 100% accurate. And this past week especially. So it's the second week of the season, it should be noted. So it's early, working out kinks. And Mm -hmm. our team, uh, let's just say, sucks. Uh, Uh, It does, yes. And... Our quarterback, who was pretty apprised, uh, he's played two pretty good seasons, but he gets injured a lot, and mm-hmm. it's the second week of the season, and he's playing pretty shitty. And you'll note that there are no stand, no fans in the uh, attendance at these games. Yeah. So the local broadcast crew is pumping in crowd noise. Well, right. even though there are no fans at the stadium, last week our quarterback was playing such that the broadcast crew in Philadelphia decided to boo him. They played boos <laughs> all throughout the fourth quarter to boo our quarterback. Talk about epic trolling. That is Philly 100%. That is super Philly. And as a owner of Carson Wentz on my fantasy football team, I also was booing. booing. All right. We have done sports ball. It's now time for... Got it. You know... It was the fall, everybody. I was uh, in Goo Goo Gaga land. I don't know if it was hot or cold. I was pretty hot and steamy where I was is all I know for sure. So instead, Keith, I'd like to take a detour and do something a little different. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about true crime, uh, but not in the way we've been doing it. Does it need live underscoring? It does not. Not today. Okay. I don't have a... uh, a good case for us. So I found something in the news, uh, October 15th, the year 2000, that I th- I think actually informs <clears throat> kind of the state of everything uh, on the practice as well. Some things we take for granted. Uh, this comes from the New York Post, and I will you will seldom hearing me quote anything from the New York Post. Yeah, fair enough. However, uh, the byline is October 15th, the year 2000. The NYPD sends a group of cops to England to study the scientific DNA techniques of Britain's detectives who are considered the world's most technologically advanced, the Post has learned. The fact-finding trip followed a visit to the NYPD's crime scene unit commanding officer to the United Kingdom. Uh, DNA is very much following what fingerprints once were, said uh, Thomas Rapetto, president of the Citizens Crime Commission and co-author of NYPD, a a city and its police. We used to send investigators to England to study fingerprinting. Uh, DNA is to the 21st century what fingerprinting was to the 20th century, and I don't think anyone can say what the limitations and potentiality for DNA technology is. It's certainly going to revolutionize detective work. There may be no such thing as an unsolved case that cannot be solved ever again moving forward. Hmm. Uh, So that was wrong uh, about cold cases, but I just thought it was interesting. You know, we've come to accept DNA as a, a given. As yeah. early as 2000, it was still a new technology being developed and being yeah. explored. And we here in America had to go and learn from the Brits. So uh, I thought that Heading was an interesting thing. Scotland tidbit. Yard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that, that is an interesting tidbit. And it is DNA is now so fundamental to mm-hmm. criminal cases now and and still sort of universally accepted as a, you know, as an irrefutable standard. But even in those 20 years, think about the advancements, right? So, you know, there was a great example at the end of last season of the practice where, you know, crime lab, not only crime labs, uh, where basically 
cold cases, all of the evidence was stored in cardboard boxes in these warehouses, which is really detrimental to the the accurate storing of, of DNA and genetic uh, materials. And nowadays, you know, and even at that, you had to hope that somebody was in a was in a a, a database somewhere. But now right. with you know uh, 23andMe and these other uh, what are they? What do we refer to them as? Hereditary genome mapping, g- stuff. genome mapping stuff, and just that they can get swabs from your trash, and and it's now is we're kind of seeing that future that they thought were like DNA can actually solve these crimes with no other leads. So, well, it can solve a lot. Although honestly, I from my understanding of it, a lot of the cold case materials are still stored that way and still yeah. not tested. I mean, the the, the backlog on uh, rape kit testing is I think a criminal injustice in our in our country. There are thousands and thousands of kits that have never even been tested the first time, let alone retested. Um, so we have a long way to go yet, um, but it is good that we are continuing to do that. Of course, every time, you know, the comment about there will be no unsolvable uh, murder, you know, or, or crimes. Well, that's not true because we, as always, we just get better at being criminals. And now everybody's thinking about how am I leaving DNA? How am I not leaving DNA? Certainly when I'm committing crimes, I'm thinking about that. So, you know, and it's a shame that the majority, not want to say the majority, but a huge chunk of DNA evidence is used to actually exonerate people who were convicted wrongly. It's well, which in my opinion, probably should be the number one priority. Yeah, that's very fair. Uh, you know, I think it is it is far more important that we have we do not have innocent people in jail. Even more important than getting guilty people in jail. Yeah. So, well, maybe if we didn't, a- you know, didn't just try to convict people randomly just to get the conviction. I'm looking at you, Helen. 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 Yeah. Although Helen looking has a turn. You. So I'm looking at you, Richard Bay. Yeah, that's true. Well, this I mean, last episode, Helen definitely started the pivot a little bit. So, yeah, we we talked about a beat change, right? This was sort of yeah. a, a, an arc change for Ellen. Is Helen. season five the redemption of Helen? Well, that's Wilson? you'll hear it a few minutes when I have my what what does Mike think's going to happen? So, oh shit! All right, well let's uh, let's do it. Uh, let us talk about. I'm a human being. God damn it! My life has value, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time. Oh, hair curtains, hair curtains. Oh, take that. Here we go. Everybody on. drink. Everybody. This episode is not sponsored by Coke Zero. Although, if they want to send me some free Coke Zero, you can also enjoy the oopsie bump. If you see no difference in the sales of Coke <laughs> Zero, you're welcome. Same Coke, zero the sponsorship. Zero. <laughs> no calories, no sponsorship. <laughs> All right, this episode is Season 5, Episode 2, Germ Warfare. It is written by series creator, of course, David E. Kelly, and just him. And it was <laughs> it was directed by Dwayne Clark, who last directed Till Death Do Us Part. Yeah, so I get confused because now that we're, we're trying to do two episodes this weekend... So I'm like halfway into prepping the next episode. So I have no idea what's happening or what's going. 
Uh, and my Welcome to every minute of my life. Well, I, I also, I have really bad short-term recall of what we're doing now. Like Jen texted earlier this week about something I said on the podcast last week that I had no memory of saying whatsoever. So this anything could happen. I won't remember what's happening right now. Stop the presses. Mm. I want to piggyback on my conspiracy theory from last week. Mm -hmm. We had a new friend uh, who said Eugene is best. Yes. Uh, on uh, on YouTube. I looked I think, at the, I think you might be making a new enemy, sir. I looked at the date of that post and it coincides to the day that oh, the boy. hack of my Google Pay account, which is attached to my YouTube account, was hacked. They tried to get $46.67 from me. So mm -hmm. I'm just saying it all lines up. All I need now is a little forensic evidence, and I'm ready to press. You know, sir, I must call you on your, uh, on your bullshit, sir. Because just because he has a Russian name does not mean he is a bot, nor does it mean that 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 he's also stealing your shit. In fact, were somebody were the person stealing your shit uh, to be doing that, they probably wouldn't want to draw attention to themselves by <laughs> like, making a relevant, helpful comment on our YouTube page. So. Yeah, they I don't also, know. You, if they listen to the episode if to the show, they probably would know I'm not the person to rob. No, clearly. So I have to call you on your uh, Russia phobia, mm. sir. I gotta call bullshit on that. So what we've learned today is Keith loves Russia, Russians, and Russian bots. <laughs> Keith is a supporter of Russia, and I'm not Luke, gonna say that that makes him a communist, but it doesn't so, not make him a communist. Would it be so bad if we were friends with Russia? I don't know. I mean, it, would it be so bad if uh, Putin and I rode a horse together shirtless with our flabby bodies just slapping together in the sweaty breeze? Oh my, do we have Daryl Hammond on the show? That, <laughs> that sounds, oh my God. <laughs> oh, I can't believe we got such a get. <clears throat> oh, oh boy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, shots fired in both directions. <laughs> it is time to move forward with. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? Not. Not. What does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Well, first things first, I want to say so glad to welcome back the previously ons this week. We got a full two-minute recap of mm -hmm. last week's episode, which was the first episode of the season, which there wasn't even a recap on the first episode of the season. It, mm -hmm. And it played basically the whole episode. It was a full two minutes of what happened last week. So my guess, the easy part of my guess is that, hey, baby, we're revisiting both cases. This could be just called mm. a part two. Even though it's not called it, a part two, it could be. Right, right. Because we're going to revisit uh, Bobby's good friend who maybe killed his wife, but maybe didn't. We don't know because the wife's brother lied in right. court. Because uh, they told him to. Yep, and so... Clearly, we're going to revisit that. 
And also, don't forget, we got po the kids got poisoned from the slide, and the continuing resolution got uh, approved, so they're going to trial. So I think we're going to get to see Eleanor firing on her, uh, her huge riding in on her oopsie awards to uh, chew all the scenery and win all the awards again this week. And here's my big here's my big thing. I think that Helen, who doesn't want to, who doesn't want to jeopardize her career, okay, still has to has to has to feed the hole in her heart uh, of mm, being mm. such a a dark person all these seasons. So she's going to try to out Richard Bay's uh, shady business and out the brother's lie, but do it covertly. So she's going to try oh, to sabotage okay. the, the state's case, her own case, but do it covertly. That's my big swing. And mm -hmm. uh, she's going to do it with photographic evidence. Oh, okay. So, uh, just to be clear, when when do we hit the Stonehenge part? Well, that was last week. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, Stonehenge is now just here in my heart, as you can see. It's it's for my chakras right here. <laughs> All right. Well, that is exciting. It is now time to hop over to your favorite podcasting service and listen to us discuss the practice season two episode. Season five, episode two, germ. Oh, for fuck's sake, germ warfare. Season five, episode two, germ warfare. Are your experts ready? They're all set. Doctor Tillotson flew in this morning. He's going to be great. He's very dignified and very persuasive. Who have they got? The EPA. We have the whole team. How about today? everybody? They can't afford to lose this case. The precedent would be a disaster. She's nervous. I am hey, not. Okay, look, this is not like tobacco. Well, the jury's going to go in thinking that the defendant is evil. There's no predisposition weighing in your favor here. In fact, in this case, the jury's fears will work against you. How do you figure that? People don't want to believe that playground equipment all over is poisoning their children. They don't want to believe that the government could know about it and just look the other way because of politics. Well, that's exactly People don't want to believe it, Eleanor. And you have to be mindful of that as you try this case. You are arguing something nobody wants to accept. Okay, Bobby, we get it. How is your science? It's circumstantial, but credible. Don't focus on proof so much. It's hammering the fact that the EPA didn't test this stuff enough. All right, Bobby, we have done this before. We've been preparing this yes, case for eight I months now, and we know we have to do. Exposition. Anything else? Yeah. Kudos to the graphics team. We have some great cardboard cutouts here. <laughs> All right, it's time to jump into our new theme song, or new uh, new credit sequence. Now that we have uh, Jason Kravitz has joined the cast, and the rest of our cast decide to show up this episode because now it is getting so giant, we don't have time for everybody in every episode. At least they're still charming cobras. They, well, of course, it's They've a, a big part of the it. show. The pans are much harder now. Yeah, well, we're, uh, I, I, really, I have to look it up. A better podcast would know is if this is the season they switch to HD, even though that's not what we have access to. But they might have used the opportunity to redo the uh, opening. Ooh. Look at the terrace they have back there. I mean, that's not yeah, an apartment that's what it is I'm gonna get. in Boston anywhere. Aren't you going in today? No. Yeah. 
Just moving slow. That's not... What's wrong with you, Helen? You okay, Helen? Yeah. Don't I look fabulous? Your hair doesn't it's look like it's so tight it's yanking your scalp off. Now. Really? Must be a midlife thing. Promised myself if I wasn't rich and famous by us, 30, I'd... I'd at least be sleeping like, with someone who was. She's a good <laughs> decade younger than us. I'm working as fast as I can, Bobby. Hey, Get Jimmy to help. Start sharing the Jamison trial. Look, while we sit on our hands, Scott Wallace is sitting in jail. Nobody is sitting on their hands, especially me. I'm off to see him now. Bobby, he did take, how like, you are going to let him in on everything he has to appeal. Not only does their office continually get nicer, it seems to continually grow in square footage. Wait, now look at that footage for a second. That B-roll is like caused by a two, 200 pixels. That B-roll is clearly some like old stock footage from like the 70s shot on the like, 8 millimeter or something. That was bad. That was bad. It's oh, but we get to go to our, our new court set. A new court set. So they built a beautiful new court set and then... Realized, oh, we budget. need some stock footage. <laughs> so they got like royalty free stock footage from their archives at Paramount. Toxin. Did you form an opinion, doctor, as to what caused these neurological injuries? We couldn't make any findings to a medical certainty, but it's my belief that these children were exposed to arsenic. This is Maura Vincent. And it was determined the likely culprit was a play gym in the backyard. Okay. And can you tell us why you fault the play gym? The wood was treated with chromated copper arsenicals, say, commonly known the as CCA. Usually they it's have a stronger fungicide. position. I it's think. an insecticide. It's also a carcinogen. Over time, it can break down. The kids touch it. They put their hands in their mouths and they ingest it. The neuropathy these children suffered is consistent with the injuries typically caused by exposure to CCA. Nice you can't prove team. that this play equipment caused these problems, can you, doctor? Can I prove it? No. In fact, doctor, you can't even prove to a medical certainty that exposure to CCA even causes neurological damage What's of any kind. This is David There's certainly Starzik? enough anecdotal evidence to strongly and suggest the other that it John does. Can you prove it, doctor? From, uh, last episode. One of the reasons it hasn't been scientifically proven is that we haven't done enough testing. You to cannot prove it. Can you, doctor? No. Ooh, murmur, murmur. Hubbub, hubbub. Oh, here's my prediction coming true. Helen looks gamble. Yes. Mr. Barrett. Thank Lane you Davies for back by. as Kyle Barrett. What's going on? Also known as well, the Lion Brothers. About, but, uh, the Lion Brothers. No, I'm anticipating the defense to appeal. I think I told you this. Mm -hmm. And? My feeling is one of the grounds they'll be raising is the veracity of your testimony. I thought I could best head that off at the pass by offering polygraph results. You could take the test in my office, it won't take more than an hour. I thought they were never admissible. For suspects, for witnesses, they can actually carry some weight. I don't want to take any polygraph. It would be a big help to me if you did. I'm sorry, I don't want to do that. Cause I lied. Why is you that, told Mr. me to lie. Did you not tell the truth? Helen, why do you have to press him on it? I don't know that that. I'm Helen, you were there. You, you know this. Otherwise, I might be compelled to go to the judge and ask for a new trial. I don't know what's going on, Miss Gamble, but I'm not taking a lie detector. Because I don't want to go to jail. You could be facing perjury, Mr. Barrett. I think you should have you your lawyer pay me a visit a today. I do not. Do you? 
I do. All these names do you? came out of Oh, that's a good story. Tell the story about the. <laughs> probably don't want to tell. What are you looking for? The desperation of it will probably depress you. Well, tell Bruce me. Davidson is well, back. Is there any possibility that it wasn't suicide? That somebody else killed her? What? I know it's out there, but well, she was leaving you. Suppose she was seeing somebody else. Suppose after you two fought, she called him and he came over to get her. And killed her? I haven't exactly thought it through. I'm just, I'm just groping for something. You're groping? No, you're right. This depresses me. Just go through the list. I want to know who everybody is. That's a verb. What about the not appeal? often used outside of its normal context. We're putting it together. Mm. You were groping for that comment. Mm-hmm. Listen, Scott, um... You have one of the grounds we need to talk about. Yes, he does. You cost me my bar card. What are you talking we about? We talked about it you last week. You were denied your right to testify by me. You were adamant about getting up there, and I just cut you off and rested the defense. I think it's an issue. Well, you did it because you believed it was the best strategy. But in the end, it has to be your decision, and I totally usurped it. Not only that, but Eugene brought it back up again so that they knocked us over. I want to think about hiring a new lawyer and making that one of the grounds for appeal. I mean, Bobby is 100% right. It's a little strange for me to argue. So, you know, I, we hear about this a lot in appeals, especially appealing convictions, <clears throat> uh, negligence of the original... Ineffectiveness uh, of counsel, yeah. Yeah. But what I never considered in those, because usually it ends with, hey, did we win the appeal or not? Because we're following the story of the protagonist in real time, or and depending on, you know, they're a criminal or not. But right. what I haven't actually paused to think about is, what happens to that lawyer? Yes, it's a hit to their reputation if they're still practicing, but are there any legal ramifications for... For ineffective assistance? I yeah, like, if they don't, don't come back and sue them, you know, so. if, if it's just... You know, if it's just the court that finds, you know, if the appeal is approved on those grounds, you're not, are you censured in any sort of way? Well, I mean, Bobby just did speculate that he could lose his bar card over it. So I'm assuming there, the the bar itself might uh, adjudicate it in some fashion, but I doubt it happens very often because hmm. um, a lot of it, it's not illegal to be incompetent. Right. And uh, and I guess it's, as the it's not good for your reputation, times, obviously. But. Uh, you know, sometimes it's these public defenders who just don't have the time or resources to do to you know to be effective. Right, right, and so you would need to prove negligence or intent to fuck it up, as opposed to just incompetence. I think because I'm you know I'm an expert on these things. Yeah, yeah. Well, you do have a podcast on it. I do, I do, yeah. And the, the bar of entry there situation is, is that I'm in, really difficult. It's not likely I'm going to get out of here. I know the odds. Now, if I am to have any chance, I need a lawyer who feels he's in the hole here with me. And you're it. That's well strategized. Well, he's an old friend of Bobby's. More terrible now, doctor, old footage. Can you get the arsenic on your skin by touching... The playground equipment? When the coating breaks down, absolutely. It can even be inhaled, especially when the wood is wet. Have any studies ever proved this? Yes. Doctor talking about wet wood. 
that? <laughs> I stole your terrible, obvious, gross, and inappropriate joke. <laughs> Comedians. Look, I had a, I, I, I had an interview uh, just this week. Where it was asked of me, would it be appropriate to bill you as a comedian? And I said, hard no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Wait, here it is. Comedian? Yeah. Forever and ever. That's from our pilot 83 episodes ago. Anyway, (laughs) this doctor is played by Charles Lanyer from Die Hard 2, The Astronaut's Wife, and MacGyver. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'd love to answer your question, Ms. Frutt, but I'm going to need three paper clips, a gummy bear, and some tripwire. And I'm going to blow up an airport. And further studies in 1981 and 1987. All right, doctor. Is this wood a real risk in your medical opinion? Everybody Not defines risk Viagra. for themselves. From but let me put it this way. $11. These things are cancer death <laughs> I've traps. done the research. And they're in backyards all over the country. Those EPA tests about inhaling and ingesting the arsenic off the wood, those studies were... Though I will say our swing set was so old, we didn't get arsenic or any sort of like, uh, uh, any of these medical issues, but we did get plenty of splinters in our asses. Oh, goodness, yes. And bee stings. But yeah, on, well, on I mean, we grew up wood. in the 80s. Weren't they, doctors? Throw us outdoors. I believe so. Let us throw the rocks wood on this playground equipment was coated. In time, the coding breaks down. One of down. our games was a game called Helicopter. And, you know, it's that uh-huh. old game, like Floor is Lava, where we'd, we'd sit in the helicopter, and if our feet touched the ground, that we fell out of the helicopter and died. The rules were pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we just used the fence was the helicopter. So the, games, the, so the game, really, when you break it down in adult, adult speak, is we, we're sitting on the fence for about six hours, rubbing <laughs> up and down the old splintery fence and getting tetanus. <laughs> that was our game. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, I, the game that always gets me, that was like a normal game that we played all the time was Red Rover. Uh-huh. Which, which, did you ever play that one? Yeah, man, send Keith on over. Yeah, and you basically just try to break somebody's arm mm-hmm. or get nailed. I definitely, like, lost half a tooth playing that game. I, like, why was that a good idea? I mean, it was fun, but, like, how was that ever a good idea? Our imaginations. You're talking to the guy who fractured, we talked about this on the pod, fractured his... Uh... Um, collarbone, uh, jumping into a brick wall playing wiffle ball. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well. Ah, uh, childhood. Uh, so much. So many tackle football games with no pads on cement and floors. And secrets from arsenic increases. What about the wood we use to build our houses? That's all treated with a termite pesticide, isn't it? Yes. Carcinogen. Probably. So maybe even our houses are potential cancer death traps, right, doctor? We can't rule it out. The house you live in, what's it made of? Wood. But being inside, the coating is less likely to break down. But the outside wood on our houses, our porches, our decks, this is all treated with CCA, same as the play gym equipment, right, doctor? Most of it is, yes. So basically, we're all living in death traps, according to your medical opinion. Hey, I don't want to hear about death traps in new houses. Overall, I think he came off well, and it was a good first day. We still obviously have big problems on causation, but I think the jury's with us. They definitely the are. Parents, I was watching the last faces. episode. Are what back? happens next? They'll put up Feldman from the EPA, played by Steve Rankin and Lindsay, Lucinda Jenny. 
Totally. This guy Oopsie is winner. tough. He's got experience as a witness, and he's not afraid to go right back at the lawyer. I'm ready. If we do damage here, our chances become very good. Do we testify? We've decided to hold you for rebuttal. We want your testimony to come as close to the end as possible. Our goal is for the jury to be thinking of a family in that room, not just chemicals and a bunch of scientists. But Margaret your strategy, is Eleanor, going well so far? I think it's going quite well. But their big gun comes next. Who's the big gun? Well, I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to wait to play the bumper. Is your life sorted? Do we need to stop? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I got a critical Google alert. Someone else trying. I don't know how this is happening. Somebody keeps trying to hack me on Google. You, uh, is, how, what, are you, are you uh, running a Windows Defender frequently on your fancy new computer? Yeah, and not only that, but I paid for like a good one too, like a real anti. So I, I, I don't think it's this computer. Weird. Yeah. Huh. It, it, is it a coincidence that this happened literally eleven minutes after I just flamed a Russian bot, uh, accusing with accus accusations? A, a Russian person, a Russian fan and listener of our show, who you have referred to as a bot, a hacker, a thief. And yeah. he just likes Eugene, for God's sake, sir. Well, we also called one of our other listeners my mom at one point, so. <laughs> so now you just flamed your mom saying that associating with her is worse than being an internet thief? It definitely wasn't on this computer because uh, it says that it automatically logged me out of that uh, device, but I am currently on that device and I'm still logged in. So someone, uh, I think what happened is uh, someone... You know, uh, clearly last week, whatever happened, wh what I think happened is my password was somehow hacked yeah. uh, in a large group of people. And they, you know, and they disseminate those on those back channel websites. And then sure. people are trying to still use it. And such, and as such, people are still trying to use my old password, which I've changed. And it's just giving me security alerts is what I think. Oh, that's what's happening. They keep trying. Yeah. Uh, which is awesome. 2020. I, I guess I should change my email address, but that is like the worst no, no, I'm I'm definitely about to uh, do a huge password overhaul before, yeah. for no reason, while we move. Oh, well, that was interesting. A window into in our shower. lives. Yes, indeed. Uh oh, it's Lindsay in the shower. Mike is thirsty. He's thirsty. But this is a good opportunity. Because uh, Lindsay's in the shower, and Bobby just walked in and pulled the curtain back to talk to her. I think we need to discuss, you and me and Mike and CEO Jen, what are the married shower rules? Because it's a bold move just to walk in and throw the curtain back on somebody in the shower. But obviously, when you're married, it's, it's, a, different, it's a different deal. But, like, what are your rules? Well, it's interesting. There was a comedian. I'm trying to remember who was talking about this the other day um shoot but they were saying that <clears throat> i think i can't remember I, it just was the other day too is to talk about short-term memory anyway they were saying how <clears throat> especially in quarantine the only time you can get to yourself oh it was colbert is oh is the magic 
door closing of the bathroom. Sometimes you're not even going to the bathroom. You just need like 10 minutes to yourself. So you just like lock right, yourself sure. in the bathroom. And we pretty much abide by that rule. It's not only do you not like talk to somebody. We barely talk through the door, uh, let alone let you in. The only time where you can come in is if like we're running so late, both of us. And so one right. of us has to be in the shower while the other person is getting prepared for whatever is happening. But outside of that, no, you don't come in while I'm going to the bathroom. You don't come in while I'm taking a shower, and I won't do it. Um, those are the rules. Yeah, I that I think that makes sense. We like I, we, I'm sort I'm I think we're pretty close to you guys. Where like we don't if someone's in the shower, like we'll come in and like you know talk or brush our teeth or whatever. Obviously, you know. I, I, you know how I feel about my my uh, my bathroom activities, it's uh, as undignified. So, uh, but yeah, like I I think it was it's a bold move for Bobby to come in and just like throw the curtain back to have a conversation. Not only that, this is someone who is a victim of trauma, you know. So I wouldn't be sneaking up on her ever. Well, true. You okay? Yeah. Yeah. What's she stressed uh, out about? Just thinking. You're crossing the doctor? Just crossing the doctor. I've got to get him, Bobby. If, if I don't get him, I... You will. You will. First of all, whether a district attorney like, thinks a witness lied or not, that has no relevance. It does to me. It's the prerogative of the jury to weigh his credibility. They do. That's why our podcast is monstrously successful. Your client lied. A man is serving a life sentence in part because of that lie. attorney is played by David Allow me to be a little bit uncomfortable with that. Okay, Miss Gamble. I'll put myself in your shoes and feel your discomfort. Now you put yourself in mine. Why in God's name would I ever agree to let Kyle Barrett take a lie detector? How about simple justice? I was away last week. Did the system suddenly become about that? I don't find cynicism persuasive. Well, idealism can be pretty incredible as well. I will not let yeah, my client Helen expose himself to possible perjury charges. I will grant him immunity on that. Nor will I advise him to help undo the conviction of his sister's killer. Mr. Stone. I won't sit quiet on this. Please. What are you going to do? Helen, pursuing truth and justice. So weird. The Environmental Protection Agency did extensive testing on CCA throughout the 80s. We continue All right, let's do this testing. now. And we have consistently found... This, the EPA's big defendant! Okay, folks. Get ready. The EPA's big testifying person is played by Randy Oglesby from uh, Strange Angel, Sharp Objects, Godless, Mr. Sterling. But here we go. In Deep Space Nine, he played Solarin in The Darkness and the Light, Roquel and Akel in Vortex. On Next Generation, he played Scalar, an artist, in Loud as a Whisper. On Voyager, he played Kier in Counterpoint, also starring the practice actor Mark Herlick. The guy with the terrible hair, or in season mm. one. On Enterprise, he played Trenol in Unexpected, and then he played Degras in most of season three. He played a, th a thousand different Star Trek characters. <laughs> Unnecessary Star Trek reference. And he'll be back on the practice and Boston Legal as different characters. Oh, man, he's a pro at the, uh, you're not supposed to know this, but you've been on the show before. 
Well, I'll keep going. I'm really enjoying that. Now you that. can twice the residuals pounded at your door. Welcome back to the practice tonight. Okay, that's pretty. I think you're actually in the right. That key it does too. not pose an unreasonable risk to either children or adults. Yeah. Yep. Well done, sir. <laughs> I don't know how I do this, but. But Maybe with I the possibility our, of a risk, on my runs, shouldn't the EPA do something? Again. We have. The EPA developed a warning program which requires retailers to issue advisories that CCA poses potential hazards. Their contention that we have done nothing here is false. Well, I think their main contention is you haven't done enough. We have federal insecticide laws to deal with. Under the law, we have to weigh the potential adverse effects of a chemical against the economic and social benefits and costs. With CCA, wood lasts up to five times longer. Now, this represents a huge benefit to schools who could Same never afford playgrounds otherwise. To your poor communities today. who could never build them without longer. the preservative. But with the chance they cause cancer, do we want schools building them? Well, if it really caused cancer, of course not. But to date... There is no conclusive evidence that exposure to CCA causes cancer or any neurological side effects. There just isn't. Are there any conclusive studies to show that it's safe? No. Nor are there with most food preservatives. Should the FDA ban potato chips? Potato chips don't contain a pesticide. The pesticide is coated. It is sealed, counsel. What if the seal doesn't work? You're aware of Dr. Stillwell's study showing the arsenic is leaching from this playground equipment into the soil? That's one study. The EPA has asked to see the data supporting it. Until we review it, we can't attach any scientific credibility. The state of California does. They ban these wooden play gyms from schools unless they're recoded every other year out of fear that the children could be poisoned. Many scientists feel that that was an overreaction. In 1997, a group of physicians and scientists informed the EPA that wood preservatives constituted a health threat to this country and... Yes, and conservationists lobbyists on behalf of the rainforest. But without these preservatives, more trees would be cut down. So kill a child, save a tree? Objection. Sustained. Zing. You talked about the EPA requiring advisories, warning that CCA poses a potential health risk. Yes. Actually, that was a voluntary program, wasn't it, Dr. Feldman? If the wood industry didn't want to issue the advisories, they didn't have to, and most of them still don't. Right, Doctor? This wasn't a situation where a mandate was warranted. The truth is, you were all set to issue a mandate here, when the wood manufacturers suddenly lobbied Congress to get you to back off. I don't know anything about that. And isn't it true the EPA also backed off, requiring further studies, when the chemical industry gave $4 million in campaign contributions to congressmen to lean on you. The EPA has never been bought, counsel, I assure you. I show you the EPA's 1981 position paper regarding inorganic arsenicals, and I ask you to read the highlighted paragraph. All this basically says is, we don't know. You don't know. That same paper cites a 1973 study which associates arsenic-tainted milk with severe retardation, lower IQs, and abnormal EEG findings. That was a study of Japanese babies. You don't count Japan? 
What else doesn't the EPA know, doctor? And when did they not know it? Objection. Withdrawn. In 1996, the EPA failed to warn over a million power plant employees that they were at risk for mercury poisoning. Objection. Because the coal lobby pressured you backed off there. Objection. Relevance. Goes to pattern. They were bought then just like they're being bought now. Objection. Objection. Overruled. You lay off chemical companies, don't you, Dr. Feldman? That is absolutely not true. From 1989 to 1998, of of all the hundreds, if not thousands of pesticides out there, how many did you get neurotoxicity data on? I don't know the exact number. I do. It's nine. Of the hundreds, if not thousands, of industrial chemicals, how many did you ask for and get the neurotoxicity data on? Again, I don't know the number. It's three. You guys are quite the watchdogs. Objection. Withdrawn. Nothing further. Woo! Do not fuck with Lindsay on a class action. I know. That's that's a mistake everyone has made already. She's so good. And that was such a great, like, moment there. Like, they, again, I talk about always. I love that part of the practice. Two were made names. Great arguments being made. And, you know, and... And it's also not just a straw man. Like he's he's making valid points back. It's just really exciting. It's, I I just love that kind of stuff in the show. Married women. I'm a class action guy. One was a she pool needed contractor. that shower to prepare. Oh yeah, we were thinking about installing a pool last year. One we're still checking. One was a psychiatrist, Doctor Bernard White. Psychiatrist. Was your wife seeing a shrink? Not that I'm aware of. He's in Cambridge. I'll pay him a visit. Listen, on the other, I understand if you want to replace me, I'd even recommend it. Can you recommend someone as good who will try as hard? Look, Bobby, I'm glad you think you screwed up. It's my insurance policy that you'll keep trying. I'll keep trying. You don't have to worry about that. I'm not. They told us it really wasn't that uncommon for a boy to have seizures. Did they test him for epilepsy? Oh, they tested him for everything. They finally settled on a toxin getting to the brain. And what did you do? There was nothing we could do. You know, I'm a sucker for a victim mom. Mm. We got him on medication, which controlled the seizures. We thought, you know, that was that. Then, uh, Sarah started falling down. What do you mean she started falling down? She, um, she would trip. If she tried to play hopscotch, she'd fall flat on her face. They thought maybe she had... Cerebral palsy. And then things started to happen with Everett? He can't read. He will never be in a normal class. He'll never go to college. And you knew. Objection. I have a boy whose body convulses with foam coming out of his mouth and a daughter who keeps falling down and a son who can't read and you people have known for 30 years. Your Honor. Mrs. Jameson. Please just answer the questions you're asked. She's giving an amazing performance right here. Mm -hmm. What was the question? 
The question was, when your son started having seizures. You know, it goes to show, you know, we praised Marley Matlin through the roof for her sort of tortured performance of the, of, uh, pain, pain and the mother on the stand. This is just as effective and just as powerful, but with a completely different tactic. Yeah. Sort of a defiance. Righteous rage. Yeah. Didn't the doctor say it could have come from a whole host of chemicals, including the cleaning solutions you kept in the house? And then I got rid of all that stuff. Do you live near high power lines? Yes. And did the doctors inquire about them? Yes. They ruled them out as a cause. Did you and your husband undergo any genetic testing? Ooh, a, bl- a light plan no. B, if you will. I see. Where is the uh, play equipment today? It's still in our backyard. You think this equipment is harming your children and it's still there? We don't let them play on it. Well, why not get rid of it altogether? Our lawyers told us not to, not until we... Objection. I need to advise my client that that is privileged. She does not need to answer that. It's also work product. You kept it as evidence for your lawsuit? Objection. Sustained. Just one last question, Mrs. Jameson. Did any doctor who Hmm. treated your children conclude that their problems came from the CCA and the play equipment. Did any of them conclude that? No. Thank you, Mrs. Jameson. Was Lindsay's questioning enough? Was it enough? I don't know. What was I mean, that it's synth? certainly... There was like a weird sine wave happening. <laughs> We really appreciate you taking the time. Sure. We're in the office of Mr. But as I told you on the phone, Mr. Rogers, no, apparently, I'm not comfortable revealing information about my patients. I understand. Master! You did treat Mr. Mr. Rogers looking motherfucker! Master! Neighbor in your neighborhood! This is the therapist of the dead wife, played by Alan Royal, from the Lizzie Borden Chronicles, Murdoch Mysteries, Suits, and. On Voyager, he played Captain Braxton in Futures End Parts 1 and 2. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. He's never been on the practice before? He has not been on the he practice looks so before. so familiar. Well, we don't get to play the bumper unless we've earned it, Mike. Yeah, you're right. My gut I know the identity of my patients <laughs> aren't protected by privilege, Mr. Donald. Nevertheless, I am reluctant to reveal them. But as you said yourself... That isn't privileged, and even if it were, it wouldn't survive the death of the patient. Mr. Donald, I know what the law is. I know you can subpoena my records. Hence, I agreed to this meeting. Could you tell us what you were treating her for? Anxiety, sleeplessness, and depression. Did you say depression? Yes. You know that we argued that she killed herself. Yes, I read the papers. Why didn't you come forward? The prosecution was claiming she wasn't suicidal. You had information that she was depressed. Mr. Donald, 80% of my patients are depressed. They don't typically take their own lives. But sometimes they do. How could you sit on this? I sat on this because I don't believe that Karen was suicidal. Secondly, if psychiatrists start speaking posthumously on their patients, that could have a chilling effect on treatment. Most people want their records sealed before their death and after. We had a man charged with murder here. The jury convicted him because they didn't believe the idea she was depressed. Don't yell at me. I will yell at you! Bobby. What the hell were you thinking? All right. I was thinking she was probably murdered. I'm murdering. Bobby. 
for the record, uh, you might be a time traveler because he will be back mm, on the practice guy. as a different character. He just hasn't yet. Oh. Can we get those records? I, you know, I used to travel Please. back in time to check the weather, Keith. Skill oh, yeah, you used to. It used to really produce it. And I promised I would do so moving forward. We live in a land of chemicals. It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Otherwise, your client's dead. Closing time. Prepared in the shower. Delivered to you. Fresh and clean. Kelly Williams as Lindsay Dole McFadden McBobby. <laughs> what? <laughs> you need a McMuffin, sir. It's, well, she's Lindsay Mc, uh, uh, McDonald. E-I-E-I <laughs> -E clothes. Troll. <laughs> There's an epidemic of autism in California. It's up over 200% in the last 13 years. In New York, learning disabilities are up 55%. The likely culprit? Chemicals. And we can't expect the private industries to monitor themselves. The market is just too competitive, just like in everything else. If the wood manufacturers can make these play gyms and deck porches better, more profitable, they will. And they won't worry about the toxic side effects. And that's why we need the EPA. Just like as the airlines become more competitive and cut back on their mechanics to increase profits, we need the FAA to step in and protect us. So too do we need the EPA to fulfill its duty to the public. And the fact is, they're not. They've known for decades it could be dangerous. And they have done nothing. They are still doing nothing. Why? in part because of politics. Go Campaign contributions from chemical companies and wood manufacturers have resulted now. in successful lobbying to get the EPA to back off. And children... Did you hear that study that basically said that Big Oil's been uh, paying for fake reports saying that plastic recycling is actually anything? But it turns out for 20 years we've been just separating our plastic for no reason that literally to make no us feel better about place. buying more plastic uh, yeah. it's unbelievable unbelievable you can't tell me the epa wasn't in on that or at i least want to put Lindsay on that yeah Lindsay, get on that like the jameson kids are getting severely hurt the epa throws its hands up and says hey you can't prove it we don't know for sure we don't have the data tests are incomplete well why aren't they ordering those tests why aren't they demanding Data. They hmm. If only there was something in the recent uh, zeitgeist about mm -hmm. tests and demanding more of them and more data, and then the government saying, meh. They I don't like the tests because when you get testing, you get positives, and I don't understand. Restricted the use Darryl? of CCA around farm line? animals, <laughs> but not around children. Is it because the farming industry has a lobby, but children don't? What is going on? 
They've known for decades that there's arsenic in that wood. It gets out, it gets ingested, it gets inhaled, and they haven't done so much as to alert the public of the risk. And that's all it would have taken here. A simple warning. And the Jamesons never would have put that play gym Honey, in their backyard. why is this swing set on such a great sale? <laughs> you heard their star witness, Dr. Feldman. He said EPA decisions are made on a cost-benefit analysis. I mean, I'm about to furnish an entire house We need you Ikea. to put a big price tag on their failures. Yeah, but We I, need I you was, to make it cost-efficient the for them to protect our the children. Deals there. <laughs> One thing is clear. If you don't, they won't. All those Swedish words really just mean rat poison. All right. How are you going to rebut She's Lindsay? right about one thing. We do live in an age of chemicals. Want to kill the mosquito with the Nile virus? Chemicals. Don't want to get botulism from your canned soup? Chemicals, preservatives. And I suppose the EPA could demand proof that every one of those chemicals is completely safe before allowing their usage. And people would die of contaminants and viruses and bacteria. Many, Don't worry, my many Fitbit's more charged. people. Almost every consumer product poses some unproven health risk. Should the EPA ban them all? They studied CCA in wood. The EPA appointed a special scientific advisory panel to look at this. Their recommendation back to the EPA was not to ban the substance. Now, the plaintiffs may not like those scientific findings. They may choose to disagree, but this notion that the EPA knew it was dangerous and chose to ignore the risks under the influence of paid-off congressmen, that's as slanderous as it is baseless. This is something they are studying. The EPA is a government agency doing its very best to keep up with this rapidly changing scientific landscape. And the decisions it makes, they have to be made on what is known, as opposed to what's not. And today, like yesterday, it has not been scientifically established that CCA causes the neurological defects the plaintiffs speak of. And even if it did, they have offered oh, hey, no medical evidence whatsoever that it did so in the case of the Jameson children. Their own doctor admitted she was speculating, she was guessing at what caused these injuries. As much as you may feel for these children, and you should feel, as should we all, we have to admit that their entire case is based on pure speculation. Well, not really. And nothing more. Because... Their case is that the EPA knew it was dangerous and that they should have warned somebody. It's not that the EPA conclusively knew that this caused, it, it caused these children specific in, injuries. Like this particular swing set in this particular way did this. It's, their argument is really just like they knew that this was possibly dangerous and they didn't do enough to warn people. Yeah, that's regulation, right? Like you, right. the FDA has to tell you if a pill you take might possibly give you anal leakage. Probably not right. in a high percentage of people, but you, your ass might leak. Yeah, and it's, it's, in a situation like this, you can argue that 
because of the danger, they should not allow that to be sold. But that's not their argument here. They're just saying it it needs to be warned about. Right. It's yes. I mean, if, if my swing set's going to make my ass leak, I should there should be a tag somewhere. A tag I want to know. Yeah. 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 It's a very specific anxiety you have there. I'm running out of other things to be anxious about. Because <laughs> everything's going so well. Yeah, right. Uh, it's hair curtains, and whenever Mike says anal leakage, that's when you have to drink now. <laughs> that's that's the kind of this? podcast you've subscribed to. what happened, to. Richard. An affidavit <laughs> saying I coached a witness to lie? It doesn't say lie. That's the implication. Richard. What the hell's going on? Okay, so my prediction was that she was going to be covert about it. And clearly, it's the direct opposite. She's pretty much on the record being like, he's a liar. You made him lie. Yeah. And I think it's it's actually an interesting thing with this case. I think the interesting thing about this case, really, is that both sides of this case fucked up and are trying to fix it. Because Bobby wouldn't let him testify. Mm Mm-hmm. And they per- in a subordinate perjury. It's rare that you have both sides on in the wrong. I will say I appreciate at least that there was some acknowledgement that, you know, this is really kind of out of character for Helen, um, because wasn't it last episode or the episode before that they made her sort of the Richard Bay watchdog? The DA right. was like, you need to you need to kind of babysit him and make sure he doesn't f up again. So. It's not outside of the realm of possibility that that's also factoring in on her ratting him out here. Yeah, I mean, their relationship is really fascinating because it's they're sometimes colleagues, sometimes she's sort of the supervisor. He wants to date, she doesn't, but are they dating? Are they not? What's, what's happening? They're clearly not dating. If I recall, in fact, nobody in my life, actually, yes, they have. Um, so I had, I, so basically when he asked her out, remember she said, oh, Fine. <laughs> I mean... Right, I'm, I mean... Well, wait, is, is that not how people normally <laughs> uh, agree to dates? Because I've never had anything other than that. No, I've, but I I've, have had some bad breakups. I've had some people say some terrible things. Um, and then one time just abandoned me entirely. But that's... You were there to pick up the pieces, uh, thankfully. I, I remember that well. You I moved did, in. Yep. I did have someone <laughs> once say to me, I, you're, you're excellent, but I see where your trajectory is, and you, you're just not going to be enough for me. oh no oh jesus yikes jury's still out i think we both know he lied he made that stuff up about we all see your trajectory what are you trying to accomplish he should get a new trial right now (laughs) i'm not signing this richard you're not taking me down you might have some professional death wish. I don't. I'm the credit. And if you think that I'm going to let you go forward, I was in the room. I heard what you told him. I she told him what happens. his testimony needed to accomplish. I never said lie. But that is what he did. You don't know that. Maybe he lied, but neither of us know that. Maybe you can live with this conviction. I can't. Well, I'll fight you on this, Helen. Keith, what do this week's episode of the practice and? every week of the Out of Practice podcast on YouTube have in common? Uh, hair curtains. The audio sync is not great. Not great. I'll fight you all the way. You know, Richard, 
It's one thing to be competitive. It is another to, to try sure. and rack up convictions out of ambition with no regard for a man's innocence. What is all? You've been doing four seasons of it. He's innocent. And if you go forward saying, I coached a witness to lie, your career could be over. Our friendship is definitely over. Definitely will be. And what about our date li dating life? I mean, that could still happen. Yeah, sure, yeah. This is David e. Kelly's universe, by the way. So. That's, that's right. Where they're in the same dating category. Right. I don't know if the jury liked your closing, Lindsay, but the defense was impressed. We have a new offer. What? 225000 per child. That's, That's 675 and they will write a check right now. That, uh, that, that beats 20000 It certainly does. Should we take it? Well, it's hard to turn that down. But I suspect they had jury consultants sitting in on the trial who had advised them to settle, so... Are they going to do something know. where they don't take it and then they don't offer Six them a lot of money? 675 Could we get more? We could. Mm, don't be I could we use could that right now. We could also lose. I think Maybe we're going to get more. Maybe if I start buying up some swing sets. Why? I just do. Oh, I don't know if this I risk... This isn't the time to get greedy. Three quarters of a million dollars. It's not about greed, Mr. Berluti. Like Lindsay said... We want them to fix the problem. Angela has intuition about these things. Hey, Keith. Yeah, uh, I just yeah. got a call from 2020. Uh, ah, yeah. They didn't fix the problem. Oh, wait, I thought we fixed everything. No, in fact... I, did, they, did, did we not make it great again? No, I think we made it leaky again. Ah, mm, drink. Let's go to verdict. Okay. Are you sure? It's much more dramatic yeah. for the TV show. You, let it's me say, you know, we spoke about our, uh, our our marriage rules. I'll tell you this much. If Jen and I, or I can suspect if you and Jill were uh, debating <laughs> as to whether we should take the $675,000, the mm -hmm. conversation would go a little bit more critically than this. Yeah. Yeah, it Especially might be. Especially uh... if she was lobbying for let's dr let's not take it because i'd already yeah. bought my playstation i've got my shore house i got my debts paid down <laughs> oh hey lucy it's right here depression he wanted to prescribe antidepressants she didn't want to take them it's all right here lucy see if we can get in to see judge wolf this afternoon this is new evidence eugene call helen gamble tell her Helen, we were just Speaking talking of, about you. Is it time she joins the firm now? We got new evidence on the Wallace case. Really? I've got some news on that myself. What? I'm convinced that Kyle Barrett lied on the stand. After being coached by the prosecution. Oh, shit, she did it! Oh, who is this? Meanwhile, it's verdict time. Good sign them coming back so fast. We don't know. It's been five seasons. We don't. We don't know. No. Deliberations on damages would have been lengthy, 
if they find no liability. Oh, way to go, wife. Damages will be moved. Oh, my goodness. Can I take that off the internet? <laughs> Can you still take their offer? I asked. Ain't a leakage. They Fine. laughed. That, that <laughs> xenophobia. Fine. Madam Foreperson, the jury has rendered its verdict. We have, Your Honor. What say you? In the matter of Stephen Jameson at all versus the Environmental Protection Agency, we find in favor of the plaintiff and order the defendant to pay damages in the amount of $72 million. Holy shit! (laughs) Lindsay's the rainmaker! Wife was right. Wife was right. I don't care that my ass is leaking. I'm just going to plug it up with money. Millions and millions. Plug my ass with millions. Millions and millions of dollars in my ass to protect it from that anal leakage the slide caused. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I'm setting that to a beat later. (laughs) Massachusetts. My ass. EPA. (laughs) Take that. David E. Kelly's universe, where all of the regulatory industries pay the price. Wow. Wow. Well, we all just paid the price for that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'd like to apologize to anyone who is uh, sensitive to crass language. Uh... (laughs) All right. Well, that's one. And... uh... Helen just sold out the entire district attorney's office. So let's see. Yeah, except that we have nine minutes left. Court is still in session. Oh, hold on. We've gone through this before. Jimmy had his ass. He had his ass unplugged before too, right? <laughs> they just pulled the money right out of right his ass. Right out of it. Then you know what? They didn't care. It stunk a little bit, but okay. Come on, Mike. Bit the award. Whoa. We also move that the verdict be set aside. Opposed. I will see counsel in chambers immediately. What's going on? They're looking to strike the award as excessive. Can they do that? Well, 72 million is a lot. But that's what the jury found. Let us talk to the judge and we'll see what's going on, okay? The judge played by Dakin Matthews again. Frame rate V-Sync. Number alone tells you the jury was off base. The fact that they deliberated for an hour. Maybe it has something to do with the merits. All right. I'm granting defense's motion to remit. The knockdown number is 135 per child. What? <laughs> All three of their faces fell in unison. They had to practice to that. 400,000? That's less than they offered. I don't care. Your case was pure speculation, counsel. This isn't a matter of law. You are substituting your judgment for theirs. Which I'm entitled to do when the verdict isn't supported by the facts. We have a right to a new trial. We do not have to eat your number. If you take a new trial, you'll be right back before me, Ms. Frutt. And any number over 135, I'll remit again. If you're lucky to win next time, there's no guarantee the jury will be as stupid as this one. And if you do win, I might remit the next knockdown to 75,000. I strongly suggest that you accept this proposal. Literally... What is this going is to be right. happening for the generation this in our is country? In weeks. Right. A matter of weeks. Meet with your clients. Actually, he was going to announce Then today, notify right? my clerk of your acceptance. I think so, yeah. <sighs> Fuck this guy. <sighs> Fuck this guy, indeed. Given this newly discovered evidence concerning the victim's depression, coupled with this revelation by the district attorney regarding the veracity of their lead witness, 
the interests of justice demand so that the, the buddy cop the bunny <clears throat> the buddy <laughs> cop spin-off with Helen and Richard is not happening I'm guessing I would like to see the bunny cop spin-off though it's a it's weird I got to tell you it's after hours and it's weird Oh, be overturned ah. in the alternative. Horny the court cops. should order a new trial. I take strong exception to the suggestion that I coached a witness to lie. There's no evidence the witness did lie. Only opinion coming. It's on Skinamax. Uh, <laughs> it deals with different kind of leakage and it's called bum shoes. <laughs> well, I guess that doesn't have anything to do with bunnies. What is happening over I was, there? I was trying to do like a butt gum shoes thing, but. <laughs> you need some butt gum because you don't have any money to put up there anymore. <laughs> That's right. From Helen oh, Gamble. Helen Gamble's opinion carries no legal relevance. I assure you she has no credibility within our own department. Wow. Why? Because she's honest? All right. Your Honor, this was not our lead witness. This was a witness. Who supplied motive? You challenged his truthfulness at trial. You have nothing new with which to challenge it here. As for the doctor's report, you I spoke to something? Dr. White. Just he did not consider Karen Wallace to be suicidal. The prosecution portrayed her as optimistic. Which you also challenged at trial. Not with these medical reports, we didn't. All right. Ms. Gamble brought her concerns regarding this, this witness to the court's attention. Not As good. I told Daniel her, Davis is back. it is the jury's function to weigh Mr. Barrett's credibility, not hers. As I go through her affidavit, I don't think Mr. Bay crossed the line. Lawyers prepare witnesses all the time. I see no evidence that he solicited perjury. As for the doctor's report, I find that to be relevant. But... I am not satisfied that it would have resulted in a different verdict. The conviction, therefore, stands. Uh, Defendant's motion for a new trial is denied, and we are adjourned. Rough day at the office. Anna Devere Smith is sitting there. That's Helen's boss. I'm not quitting. What happens now? We go to appeals, challenge some of the legal rulings. I'm not quitting. Stare down from Helen and Richard. Eugene seems pissed too. Like maybe Eugene's, everybody's pissed. Maybe Eugene's thinking I need to say, Bobby. I don't understand. The judge can cut back an award if he thinks it's too high. What's the point of a jury trial? Good question, buddy. We go through all that with a jury. Well, judges don't like to do it. With this guy, I'm not sure. So if we opt for a new trial, we'll get him again? That's what he's saying. Then he's going to keep it on his docket. That's it could be a too. year before... I mean, not for nothing, still a lot of money. I think... I think we have to eat it at 135. If he keeps jurisdiction, he's told us that we can't do better. We could lose. This is so unfair. Well, the whole thing's unfair. We should be able to get the money today. <laughs> we got no choice. 
it is crazy that justice in our country so many times just boils down to like a check, you know? Yeah. Well, and also it's crazy how often justice boils down to a judge who, depending on what jurisdiction you're in, is either an elected official or appointed by one. So it is a political person establishing justice here. You know, all of the well, checks politically and balances. All of the checks and balances that are set in the system are based on the failsafe of having at least one apolitical actor. You know, right? It, it, it's it's all predicated on good faith, mm-hmm. which is a uh, really quaint idea these days. Yeah, I mean, the judicial branch is supposed to be apolitical. That's why this, the the justices don't come to the State of the Union. But it's becoming more and more clear that that can be easily over. Uh, as long as the Senate is willing to pass through a, sen- a, a, a judge, it, it, you lose that check. Yep. What a downer of the end of our episode. This isn't fair. No, it's not fair, buddy. I went from... Keith, I got, I got done again. I had the same type of reaction, maybe not as exuberant, when Jimmy won that case. And, yeah. And then they ripped it right from me. My still beating heart. Oh. Uh, now this remind me who this uh, who this is Anna Devere Smith, who is uh, Helen's boss. Oh, that's right. I for a moment thought she was uh, Secretary of Defense again. She might have been. Yeah, she does not look happy. You blindsided the department, embarrassed it. She's joining the and firm. now we have to deal with a media that. I think it would be best if you submitted your resignation. Already have. You're not getting my resignation. Oh. And if you fire me over this, then just watch the media come at you. Why are you doing this, Helen? We all say better to let a guilty man go free than put an innocent one in jail. An innocent man is serving a life sentence, Kate. If this were Texas, he might already be dead. When suddenly did you become the jury? The jury doesn't know he passed a polygraph. The jury doesn't know a witness was coached, that he lied. Jury doesn't know a lot of stuff, Kate. I do. You're right, Helen. I can't retaliate over this. So I'm going to just go back to my office and wait for your next mistake. Every day. I'll just wait. Shit. Thanks for dropping by, Kate. Woo! David E. Kelly, retcon! I like New Helen. Yeah. I feel like I've had that conversation with a boss or two. It's almost like you wrote a musical about it. Almost. Bobby's looking sad. Everybody's sad. sad. We are not ending this week on an up. Even Lucy's sad. Lucy, fam. (laughs) Okay, look. Come on, Rebecca D. Cricket. We had a bad day. We'll have them again. We had a bad day. What'd you do today? Oh, I lost $72 million. We can't just sit here and brood. Yeah, they get 30% of that. 
They could all individually X-ray. become millionaires over that. We gotta concentrate on picking up pieces now. I'm gonna get him. That judge. He's like, I did, I, I've murdered a baby before. Well, I'll, I'll dispose of the body. Let's put it that way. Oh, we got that. I like it, again. though. Eleanor, we're not done with this judge. We're coming for you, Dakin Matthews. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Welcome back to the show. We just watched a heck of an episode. We lost so much money during that. So much money. I um, lost but, it literally last week. This week we're we're losing it fictionally. No less devastating. And if you're wondering, what does I wonder what does Mike remember about what just happened as he was tracking being having his identity stolen and making jokes about anal leakage? If you missed it, you definitely need to go back and listen to the episode on your podcasting service. But if you are not going to Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Y'all, Helen completely retconned. Now she's a warrior for truth and justice. She said, you know what, Richard Bay coached that guy and that guy lied. Make it all better. And then we had a crazy clothes from Lindsay who got cleaned up in the shower and then made a great clothes. And guess what? They gave the parents of the poisoned kids on the slide 75, 72 million dollars, shoved it right up their ass, but then pulled it right out and said, no, you can't have it. So now Eleanor's like, I'm going to get that judge. And Helen's boss is like, I'm going to get you. And Helen's like, bring it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and by the way, we we won, but we lost. Yeah, we 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 were lost. So we we're gonna find out. Are are they gonna uh, retry it again with the same dickish judge and see what happens? I don't know. But before any of that happens, it is time for us to hand out some fake awards in everyone's favorite. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present. The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the Oopsies? Well, Jackie, they're our fake award show, which every week begins with... Okay, most valuable lawyer. Well, well, well. Well. I think, you know, it was Eleanor's case. Mm -hmm. However, I think it stands to reason that Kelly Williams, uh, Lindsay McDonald had a farm was the one who brought it home with that clothes and convinced the jury. In fact, not only convinced them, convinced them quickly. They only they only uh, deliberated for an hour. So I think for me, it's it's Lindsay Dole. Yeah, well, I I think that she did a phenomenal cross 
of the EPA's main witness and did a great close. And uh, yeah, E-I-E-I-O, I think it's got to be uh, it's got to be Lindsay Dole. So congratulations, Lindsay Dole, on your Oopsie Award. Coming up next. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. Watch first entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. I tried to grab two drumsticks, but I all I got was a pencil and the cap of a pen. So close enough. Yeah, I I, I have a set of tweezers <laughs> and an earplug. <laughs> That's MacGyver style, baby. He could have made drumsticks out of these. That's this, right. That's so many tools for MacGyver. <laughs> uh, we talked about MacGyver on the episode, so that's what we're talking we about. Don't miss um, it. Go back and listen. So I have uh, two people who I really who really impressed me with the, a couple of scenes. So I didn't give him the oopsie last week, but who was the guy that we Bobby's trying to Bobby's old friend? What's his name again? Uh, Bruce Davidson. Yes, Bruce Davidson. Bruce Davidson. I thought uh, last week it was a little muddied because we weren't supposed to fully know whether he did it or not. Whereas mm-hmm. this week we know he didn't, and so his compassion and belief. Uh, for Bobby and with Bobby in those scenes is really pretty moving, actually. I really liked that, but I also loved the, as we talked about in the episode, if you haven't listened, the 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 mother, the mother on the stand once again. I thought, uh, I can't, IMDb is so small. Yes. So I'm hoping maybe we do a split ski, but, uh, and the judge was good too, but I'm going to give it to, I'm going to give it to the mother, Lucinda Jennings. Jenny, yes. Uh, yes, no, I, I, we're, we're close friends. She lets me call her Jenny. Jenny. Ah, great. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she asked me ex- explicitly not to call her. Yes, yeah, well, fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I thought, um, you know, good performances all around. Um, but I, I, I'm not going to splitsy with you. I think Lucinda Jenny really did the heavy lifting as the guest actor in this episode. And... You know, we give we just gave uh, Lindsay the MVL for the work in this case, but I think her righteous anger was also a big factor in winning this case. Uh, so she she gets a little bit of the MVL, even though she was not an L. Uh, she was uh, she did a really good job advocating for herself and for her family. So congratulations, Lucinda Jenny Jennings. Jennyopolis with your fake award. Now we all know what's coming. Mike's already prepared. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. Now, trust me, there's a part of me the mic from the from season three's finale really mm-hmm. wants to award Bobby McRambo, who's back. He took it to 12. Right. He was pissed. <laughs> That's my screenshot. Uh, but I'm going to go a different way today. She was measured. She was calculated. She took a hell of a shower. We saw all the best sides, the clean sides, and the defiant sides of Kelly Williams this week, and I'm gonna award her my oopsie. 
Was it the All wink? Right, was the wink too much? Wow. So, you know, the, the video element <laughs> of this podcast, <laughs> you know, you have been uh, through audio trying to seduce Kelly Williams from 20 years ago. Try. And it was it was uncomfortable enough. But now we have the whole video element of it. Uh, Kelly, if you're watching, why? But uh, yeah, yeah, look at I'm, those look at those view counts on the YouTube feed. I don't think <laughs> Kelly has been watching. <laughs> yeah, well, we'd know because all of our audience would double. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Huh. Uh, well, without any uh, uncomfortable references to her showering and or her cleanliness. <laughs> I will speak uh, exclusively about your acting. Uh, yeah, no, I thought uh, Kelly Williams really crushed it this week. And it's it's hard sometimes when you're not having the big emotional breakdown, but you have to carry an important scene like that. I mean, just the memorization of that dialogue alone, the comprehension of that dialogue so because you, it's not just techno babble you can't just say a bunch of word salad and it means something you have to uh you have to create meaning with all of that work and all of that dialogue and um i thought it was great i thought she did a really excellent job so congratulations kelly williams send your restraining order to the <laughs> my unnamed town in rawway i mean in new jersey oh crap she's gonna slap me <laughs> <laughs> in New Jersey, uh, but you will get your Oopsie Award. That brings us to the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Up on the screen, you're going to see Poisony Slide Tom Brady. Uh, this one made me giggle quite a bit. Poison Swing way. Set Tom Brady. Yes. Yeah. This week, Keith, one of the closest to true life Tom Brady's ever. I, this one Ooh. doesn't even need to be associated with the practice because it's, I think, almost 100% true. And it is millions of dollars coming out of his ass, Tom Brady. <laughs> okay, well, I, I look forward to that. <laughs> I'll allow you to, to not use ass if you don't want to. Oh, I, I, I can I, In I fact, can no, it's ass. ass with two dollar signs. Oh, oh, okay. Clearly. All right. That's, because this is a family friendly show? Uh yeah, as, as you'll hear, I'm sure the jingle I wrote during the, during the, what do you call it, the end of that case. Yeah, we're gonna uh, so, we're probably gonna hear that a lot actually. Yeah, it's I think so that funny. one might might want uh, to. It might survive. Yeah, <laughs> I was really feeling it. It didn't make any sense to me that oh wait they'd have to they could retire after a judgment like this. This is probably not gonna last. I really thought we had done it. You were uh, you're very very excited. All right, well, we have only. One more thing to do before we can all go back to our lives, and that is determine. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Uh, I lost the thread a little bit in the middle, middle there because uh, I had you were being uh, hacked. I was being hacked in real time, and as a matter of fact, I got a critical alert for our out of practice podcast account as well. So you already changed the password on that one. I'm guessing I'm gonna have to make it a little bit more. Uh, you know, I gotta change all mine now, just prophylactically. <laughs> I gotta really gotta figure what's going on. Although I took all of my payment stuff off my accounts, so I, I don't know. You can read Yikes. my emails. Um, let's see. Anyway, 
So I, I did get a little distracted, but I did enjoy the episode. I, I guess it's not even done yet. We, there's so many threads are ongoing now. We still have right. to see where things go. I liked, I like when David E. Kelly gets on his soapbox and writes an episode attacking some sort of government agency uh, because it, it does, he does a good job of, of showing both sides uh, of the argument and then giving us that brief window of, yeah, the righteousness and then reminding us that, guess what, that can't really happen. Uh, there's no real accountability. So it's a little bit of a bummer, but it makes for good TV. And I, it was great to see the rest of the cast. They really got to write some episodes for Rebecca and Eugene and get them into the show again. It's yeah, it's we talked Crazy. about it bugging us last season, and it's continuing to bug me. Uh, all in all, still a good episode. I like we've started pretty strong, I think, and I and I like I mentioned this seasons ago, but I like arcs that it's not just like yeah, freak of the week. You know, we're getting we're getting arcs that we follow now, yeah. and yeah. the stuff with Helen is really interesting to me it's we've need she's needed sort of a, a jump start for a while now yeah um i think they painted in her wrote her into a corner for a little while and now they're giving her some new stuff and so i'm really digging that all in all it's it's a good it's a good continual episode i don't know that it's a highlight for me so i'm gonna say 7.25 spare tires yeah okay yeah i I'm I'm with you on all of that. I really do like the more serialized storytelling here. Mm -hmm. I like the cases that that continue if there is enough story to justify it. And in this case, the the story justifying it is not necessarily the case itself, but how our heroes are navigating that case and you know, we we had the EPA as an obstacle, and that was interesting. And now we have a judge as an obstacle, and that's interesting. Um, so, no, I really did enjoy all of that. Um, the I, I agree with you that the uh, the continually complex Helen Gamble is growing a little bit and starting to to bump heads with what she's doing, and it also this feels a little bit. Um, a little bit more honest, a little bit less forced than they like, what are we doing? We're lawyers. Are we good people? Because this is actually more specific to a case, more specific to a situation um, and feels more earned. And and of course, because you're introducing Richard Bay, who kind of has a lot of overlap with old Helen, the sort of like win at all costs. I'm going to I want to take down this. I want to get the victory. I want to build my reputation. That's sort of Helen from season two and season three. So I don't, if we're going to have him come in, you it needs to, you, you just can't duplicate the character. And of course, as I'm watching this, if I take out all of what I know in the future, I'm like, oh shit, are we writing out Helen and replacing with, with Bay here? I don't know. Uh, anyway, so I like all of that. I really like the class action stuff. I just frequently find that more compelling than sort of the uh, the criminal case of the week, like you said. Um, so I'm always happy. I'm always up for it when we have a bigger class action uh, going up against a an institution, be it a tobacco company or the government or whomever. So I'm I'm here for it. I like it. But you're right. It's not. It's not one of those like, oh my God, episodes. It's a very good episode. I'm hoping it's setting up 
an oh my god episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give this uh, a very solid 7.85 spare Ooh. tires. Seven, because oh, I want I some messed it all breakers. up again. You yeah, that fan is very persistent. <laughs> all right, so we have done all of the nonsense we do in the show, and we have 30 seconds to think about it. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you would like to reach out and complain about the all of the anal leakage talking, you can find us at Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice. You can email us directly when it's not hacked, Out of Practice Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. You can go to our blog when it's updated, Out of Practice Podcast.blogspot.com. But you know who's always great? The generous donations who help make this podcast possible from Leanne Wrights, Cloud Lover69, Jorge Novoa, and Jennifer Masanova. If you'd like to join them, you can donate to the podcast in one of two ways, a one-time donation or a monthly contribution. You can find the links to do so in our show notes. We'd like to thank all of our current and future sponsors for helping us out. If you'd like to also help, you can leave a rating review, as Keith said, or you can go ahead and tell somebody to listen to the podcast. Keith, we'd like to personally thank Daryl Hammond for coming out and joining us on the pod today. And we'd like to let you know that listening to the Out of Practice podcast could indeed cause anal leakage. It could also cause money to fall spontaneously out of your ass. These symptoms may also include spontaneous laser sounds. Laser sounds. <laughs>